This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, the letter Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Tia, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Mandy, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Ori, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group and or Discord servers. I've seen this movie so, so many times, but over the last like couple years when I've watched it, I'm like realizing that Jennifer Cook doesn't look much younger than me. Uh, although she was only like 32, but... I do kind of want to call her like a final mom, not a final girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Cook, she didn't do a ton of stuff, so I mean. That surprises me because she's so mediocre in this. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. And I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, we have a special guest joining us for a very special episode. You may have guessed already who it is Jonathan Watkins from CinemaSins. Hey, what's up? Hey, Jonathan. Thank you so much for allowing yeah. us to steal you again. <laughs> Absolutely, man. He texts me like once a year and he's like, you know, you guys can have me on other movies. Like, he's like I'd actually like to not be on this movie. I did Maybe not I'll... say I know. I didn't say I don't like to be. I love watching Friday the 13th movies because <laughs> they are fascinating. He's like, but maybe maybe that and another movie. Yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I love talking about these. Man, This is one of the most. I don't know. These movies are fascinating. They're just so crazy. And they get progressively more and more crazy every time. Obviously, it's Friday the 13th. That's when this episode is dropping. And it is the sixth Friday the 13th since we launched this show. So we are doing Friday the 13th Part 6 today. Was this the first time any of you had seen this one before? Uh, it had been a long time since I'd seen this one. Okay, This might be the one I've seen the most. I'm not sure. Jonathan, hard same. Hard same. <laughs> Five and six together have been the ones I've seen the most. I owned this on VHS. Oh, like my that, God. It was like a used VHS sale, and I bought it like when I was like 11 or something. But Or no, I was, I was older than that because this movie came out when I was like 11. But yeah, no, I, I saw this when it came out, like probably on video or whatever, and it was on cable all the time. I, I've watched this one I don't know how many times, and I, I probably watch it one once every couple of years or something. Like if I'm going to venture into this franchise, it's usually one of the go-tos for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is the one that everyone references because of the lightning. Because mm-hmm. I remember when we watched five, I was like, I thought this was the one with the lightning, but it's this one. Yeah. And whenever people are like, oh, Friday the 13th is nuts. Like when the lightning strikes and he comes back to life and that's this one. So like it's a touchstone one. I, yeah. I think whether you like it or not, I think this is like quintessential because I think this is the one like your like more mainstream audience maybe doesn't know as much about Friday the 13th if they have a picture of Jason right I think it's probably from this movie it is and also the whole idea that these movies are summer camp horror films is really not accurate at all but this one kind of is like this is the one that comes the closest to like there's actually kids yeah. at the camp and you know yeah because none of the other ones have had that you've had like it's been oh, yeah, counselors in training or counselors getting camp ready yeah the only other time there have been kids is in the flashbacks of the yes. first one yeah that's the only other time there's ever been children, although in, I think it's Jason X or Jason Takes Manhattan, and there's teenagers because it's like a high school senior Oh trip. my God, just based on those titles alone, we have some crazy movies ahead of us. <laughs> 
Jason takes Vancouver disguised as Manhattan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Todd, Jason takes Manhattan as the most disappointing of the Jasons. Yeah, it's pretty oh, bad. Oh, I can't wait till we get to that. I, I think you guys are going to be surprised at how that one works now. But anyways, I do have one question for you guys before we get into this, though. Sure. What were you going to be when you grew up? <laughs> I love those two kids. I laughed so so hard yeah. at that scene. This movie is genuinely funny, and I think it's yeah. funny on purpose. Yes. Where I feel like sometimes these movies are funny on accident, and this one is definitely funny on purpose, and I appreciate that for yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. And some people, I don't necessarily agree with this, but it does have some meta stuff in it, so I know yes. some people talk yeah. about this was kind of an early precursor to Scream. I very seriously doubt Wes Craven was, well, maybe Kevin Williamson liked this movie, though. I don't know. Kevin Williamson does like this movie. That's oh, okay, a fun well, fact. there you go. So maybe maybe that is legit. I will say the one sequence that really tries to be funny, I hate. Oh, yeah. Paintball? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the paintball scene is like, why is this even here? It feels like it's like a 15-minute scene just to pad the kill count. Yeah. It, that's exactly what it is, Todd, and I will talk about it in Fun Facts. Fair enough. It's like an episode of The Office if they all got butchered. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see The Office do this. It was actually shot months after the movie, so we'll talk about it in Fun Facts. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Isn't the Jason different? And... Jason changes a couple times in this okay. movie for a few different reasons. And it's not, it's not hard to spot either no, I yeah noticed. you can not, spot it there's also at times there's what i like to call uh beer gut jason uh where <laughs> it looks like he's had a few too many that is part of why <laughs> the actor changes in the movie we'll talk about it in fun facts there's also and i noted it in my notes as i was watching it there are a couple times where it's slimmer jason and it's almost like they were like, make sure you get enough shots of it so that we know it's Sliver Jason. And at one point you get a shot of like Jason's butt in tight khakis and it's a close up. <laughs> I'm real tired of Hollywood's expectations for physical looks for men, you know? That's C.J. Graham though, right? C.J. Graham is the yes. one who plays them the most. And I actually do like him. I, I think this is also one of the better Jasons. I'm not as big of a Kane Hodder person, I guess, as a lot of Friday the 13th fans are. So I kind of prefer this Jason. I like that there is a version of Jason in this movie that is like stepdad drunk beer gut <laughs> yeah, Jason yeah, who's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. stumbling around like mad at kids. That's a fun version of Jason. What if when Jason was dead, he got bloated? I mean, bodies do bloat. That's, that's what true. I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing I think that makes this one uh, more notable is because this is the first like full on zombie Jason. And, uh, you know, he's supposedly he's been alive in the other ones or he's a crazy paramedic oh that's right i forgot about that <laughs> yeah, roy the one where it wasn't jason at all that yeah. one's honestly my favorite so far but he's like i mean he's you know and this one obviously i know i know tom mclaughlin was a universal monsters guy and you can tell watching the movie because this feels like that kind of like homage he's like frankenstein's monster you know rising up and it's you know he's just a killing machine he's sticking his hand through people and i love this version because he's got his tool belt he's got all the he collects yeah, all the weapons he, he rises <laughs> from the dead with a tool belt that he then fills full of tools of course <laughs> i do love that much like macgyver he like doesn't bring anything with him he just finds useful things along the way god wait till you see the next couple of movies it gets so much crazier after this. My favorite part about this one is where he starts down this path is that he's smart enough to like cut the phone lines for the camp, but like someone's driving 60 mile an hour in a camper. 
I'm going to murder him and crash the camper, not stop the camper first. But I think that's because he's immortal and just doesn't give a shit if the camper crashes. Because yeah. like, as the camper crashes, he like pushes up the door and just jumps out of it. He's fine. I want to see an MCU horror movie crossover <laughs> where Jason has to fight like Captain, Captain America. America and shit. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Because they're like, obviously, they're like supervillains, kind of, but like yeah. have them fight superheroes. That's all I'm saying. That's all I want. You guys like talk about how it gets crazier. I will say one thing I do like about this one, though, this feels more like just a normal movie. Like it actually. Yeah. This it dials just, the crazy back from the last one. Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think that's also what I, I kind of dig about. I always feel like pretentious when I say that, but this one feels more like a movie. Todd, don't say anything. It ha- It's like better what? written. It's like I, it, it makes more sense, like the whole thing. Okay, okay. But you're saying it's less crazy. And within five, maybe ten minutes, Jason has a literal part of the fence around the cemetery stabbed through his chest. It is then struck by lightning. And then he like goes Indiana Jones 2 on somebody like that's in the first 10 minutes of this movie and you guys are like man they dialed back the crazy on this one Kalima (laughs) it's more like a it's more like a straight up undead monster you know horror film sure it doesn't feel like cocaine was just thrown about yeah Yeah. he doesn't murder someone with an electric guitar okay all I'm saying But in this movie someone while they're playing paintball gets thrown into a tree and his impact of his face becomes that circular smiley face with yeah, blood that's on a well written Friday the 13th <laughs> scene the paintball sequence will completely contradict anything good I say about this movie I can't but it's there there's yeah. nothing we can do about it but no but like this like there's a story here like you know the you know Crystal Lake has been turned into forest green because they're trying to ignore all this there's kind of an interesting like they don't get into it that much but I always find it interesting like you know the cop is not dumb He's just more like sick of the Jason stuff and he's had a hard enough Mm -hmm. time. You feel like the town is just dead. Like nobody's coming here. Everybody's scared away. So I just feel like he's just kind of fed up with all that. And then you got this guy coming in, being an asshole, like just running in and being like, hey, you've got to come help me, you know, acting like a crazy person. Yeah. What kind of a dick goes up to a police officer and asks for help? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, (laughs) he dug up a body and caused a madman to be reanimated. Yeah, exactly. It is Tommy Jarvis's fault. You act like Tommy Jarvis knew that that was the risk. When he dug up Jason, <laughs> that's always the risk when you dig up Jason. <laughs> I mean, Horshack from Welcome Back, Cotter had a little bit to do with this too. We can't can't completely, you know, claim he's innocent. Sure. But no, no, I just I don't know. It just feels like there's there's a lot more going on in this that's interesting to me. And I think the the teen the camp I don't know what they're supposed to be thirty two. They're I, supposed to be teenagers. <laughs> okay, those are pretty decent characters. Like they don't they don't make them super annoying. They don't make them like super developed. But they're yeah, not like true. like you actually kind of like them. You don't want them to die. Even Court, I'm just kind of sad for Court. I think he just he thinks he's cool and he's not. It's just kind of like I'm I'm sorry, man. I know what <laughs> okay. happened with this movie is some therapist told Tommy Jarvis like to go get closure at Camp Crystal Lake <laughs> and dig up his body. Well, if it was that place in Part Five, that probably did happen. <laughs> right? Yeah. I- that's, yeah. Well, that's what I mean by they're dialing the crazy back. I don't know if you remember, but in part five, someone gets killed for a candy bar and we have those yeah. crazy motorcycle people that yes. are making that weird <laughs> soup. Like, that. Like, yeah, sure, Jason comes back to life via lightning, but at least we're not in the middle of deliverance yeah. at the worst hospital ever. I think we're talking about two different types of crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. first time I had seen this movie, obviously. I didn't hate it because there were some funny moments, but there are a lot of bonkers things that we're going to 
even have to mm-hmm. talk about because some of the choices are just insane. They should not have made some of these choices. Like the whole paintball sequence that I'm sure we'll get into. Like where Jason gets his iconic machete is from a misogynistic corporate douche. And that to me <laughs> was awesome. I loved that <laughs> so much. It looks like it's out of a different movie. But I yeah. think what's weirder is later when the little girl finds the bloody machete and brings it to the counselor and she's just like, oh, weird. Let's go look for our friends. Like, she doesn't question where it <laughs> yeah. came from. She's not like, oh, that's a bloody machete. She's just like, Ew, put it down. Let's go. She's like, here, <laughs> let me put my fingerprints all over this murder weapon. <laughs> this little girl who already is convinced that there is a killer in the camp or there is a monster, you know, but then when she says, oh, let's go, let's go pull a prank. She's like, okay. Pranks? That sounds awesome. <laughs> but pranks are great, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just get into this movie because we got a lot to talk about. So let's just jump into a page. Yes. So we open on the forest. We see a dog eating some roadkill as the blue truck from Park Part five travels along the forest road. We cut to inside and it's Tommy and his friend. And we find out that they are going to the graveyard to dig up Jason's body and destroy the corpse so that Tommy can get rid of his hallucinations, which he does not have any hallucinations for the rest of the movie. But that's a reference to the end of part five that the studio hated. And so they had to make changes in this one. So what you're saying is digging up Jason's body fix the hallucination problem i get yes. it uh, so if you're having yeah. hallucinations go dig up the body that's causing them no i'm gonna step in here and say <laughs> oh yeah, that's right because you're a mental health professional mikey i feel <laughs> yeah. like you are licensed and can make this judgment call i uh, will yeah i mean closure's great i mean it really is if you can get closure that's great but if you have to dig up a body of a serial killer to get it don't what if you're just <laughs> digging up that serial killer to bully them Right, right, because you bullied a serial killer and that somehow makes you a good person, question mark? See, that's where he went wrong. Instead of stabbing with a pole, you should have just gave him a giant wet willy or swirly. (laughs) Look at the stupid maggots on your face, you idiot. Yeah. I was just actually thinking instead of the instead of the paintball scene, they should have had a nine inning baseball game <laughs> with the campers. That would have made this movie so much better. Just like sleepaway camp. I yeah. honestly feel like I want Jason in the 80s killing everyone at a Bad News Bears game. Like, that would be awesome for me. Walter Matthau? (laughs) Coach Buttermaker? What I want is for them to pop that coffin open and for Jason to be laying there in a shirt that says Jason. (laughs) So they get to the graveyard and they have the mask with them. And one of the things I noticed as they were walking through the graveyard is that a lot of the tombstones are prop tombstones that have a wreath on one side and a cross on the other and they've just flipped them so it looks like different gravestones but they're all the same (laughs) shape and height and so if you look closely as they walk in there's like five of them in a row and you're just like oh somebody hit up a spirit halloween (laughs) this is great i didn't think about this till now you just brought up the mask how the hell does he have that mask because roy's mask was very different yeah. Well, and I know if you're a super Friday the 13th fan, there are multiple masks over the course of time. Yeah, yeah. I, in my head canon, Tommy bought a mask to put it on uh, Jason when he destroyed the corpse as part of his closure. In my head canon, that evil therapist gave him that mask to put on Jason's body, knowing <laughs> it would bring him back to life and cause. Who was it? Dr. Loomis? Just like- <laughs> There's like this shaman therapist in the background, like. Right. Call evil! 
<laughs> He's like the Thanos of Friday the 13th. Also, this is also the third part of a trilogy, like in the middle of this franchise, which is right. really weird. Well, and a trilogy where they changed the ending of what the end of the trilogy was going to be. Yeah, and they never, and this was never intended, you know, and then it's, but it's still less confusing and better than that new Star Wars trilogy. So I'll give it. <laughs> That's not hard, man. That new Star Wars trilogy was trash. I uh, know. This is way better than Rise of the Skywalker. That's all I'll say. I, I oh, think yeah. this is less cocaine bonkers than Rise of the Skywalker. <laughs> I feel like Rise of the Skywalker is cuckoo bananas. Absolutely. But I also didn't like the one before it. No, it's also kooks banooks. Yeah, it's also crazy. I liked Force Awakens. It was fine, I guess. Yeah, I did too. But after Force Awakens, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is happening anymore. It's almost like hiring three very different directors to direct one trilogy is a fucking terrible idea. Well, except they pulled it off in Friday the 13th, so they should have gone back. (laughs) Nice segue. They should have hollered at Tom McLaughlin. That's the pro-level podcasting I've come to expect from a CinemaSins teammate. Wrap it up. I'm just going to have to bow out of this podcast. (laughs) I don't want to take the lead for that, but another interesting thing about this, this is the first time it was the same writer and director that made a Friday the 13th, which is really interesting, and I think you can absolutely tell that. You know, there's a single vision for this movie. Yeah, it seemed like a real movie. We'll get into it a little bit more in fun facts. It's a single vision from the studio. (laughs) Oh, okay. Where the studio is like, here's what's not going to happen in this movie. Weird motorcycle people, madness, things that don't make sense. And also Tommy is no longer the villain. Go forth and write it. But they didn't like some of the stuff he wanted. He put in there, right? But they let him do it anyways. They let him do a lot of stuff anyway. They made him reshoot because they thought the kill count wasn't high enough so Uh, that's most of the notes were like kill more people that's why you get like that random couple that's like picnicking at midnight yeah yeah it's also why sissy's head is in that police car Mm because there's no other reason for it to be there like i don't know why jason's just like hiding heads like easter eggs but (laughs) he like turns he kind of turns into michael myers a, yeah. a little bit. There's a lot in this movie that is, I mean, I don't know if you noticed that the next town over is Carpenter. Yeah. And they reference it a couple different times. So like, yeah, it's yeah. almost like the person who made this movie was like, they're the same person, right? I mean, but they are <laughs> like Jason and Michael Myers are the same character to me. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the movie. <laughs> he starts to dig up Jason's grave. He gets all the way down to the coffin. He opens the coffin and Jason is in there covered in worms and maggots. Super gross. It's because they were bugging him. (laughs) Mikey wrote that joke. I did. That's a really good effect. So I don't know who did the effects work in this. Uh, He hears the voices of the killings and stuff from previous. So he pulls one of the metal fence posts out of the cemetery wall, which would be impossible. Yeah, he's like, he's got super strength because he's in a fit of flashback rage, apparently. And he runs (laughs) over there with it and stabs him in the heart, I guess. Nobody talks about that they gave super soldier serum to Tommy Jarvis at the farm. I mean, he is dreaming. (laughs) He is dreaming. Yeah, that coat, that coat can get it. Jake (laughs) wants a jacket like that so bad. I have been looking for one in his size for like a year and a half. I think that's probably why I wanted a coat. Like, it had to be why I wanted that coat in the 80s. It had to be this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, movies do make you want to buy clothing. Like, no joke. When I was a little kid, I wanted one of those cowboy hats from Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) 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 I asked my dad for, like, an entire summer, and he was like, you don't really want one of those. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. 
Thank you. <laughs> I also really want the white jacket from 310 to Yuma. So if you guys can make that, contact me and I will pay you to make me a jacket. The remake or the original? The remake. Mm. That's a nice jacket. My sister made Captain EO's jacket out of duct tape one time. Oh, wow. It looked fucking badass. Your sister's amazing. She is. She's very cool. Anyway, so he takes that fence post because apparently he like hulks out for a second, gets the fence post. Yeah. Stabs Jason with it. And he's like stabbing him over and over again and then stabs it so it sticks. He throws the hockey mask into the coffin. He goes to get gasoline. And as he's going to get gasoline, lightning strikes that fence post. Exactly. Yes. I have a question, though. Did they bring the gasoline with them? Yes. It's in the car. Okay. I thought there was just like a loose canister of gasoline at the graveyard. I was like, what is happening? It was in the truck, yeah. Horse axe. Like, why? Why you got the gasoline, Tommy? Okay. He didn't. A voice so annoying you want to punch through his chest. <laughs> Thank God that happens. So Well, because he bugged Jason. Oh shit. <laughs> it's because he's weak spined. Todd, because he like went through him. Wait, wait, Mikey, I don't think I get that joke. Can you explain no, it to wait, me? No, wait, what? Wait, huh? He had scoliosis so bad that his spinal curvature only left soft tissue to where Jason punched him through the... <laughs> it's just like the scene in Kung Pao Enter the Fist where you just got a hole in the center. <laughs> so you're saying Jason's not strong? The guy just had scoliosis? Is that uh-huh. what you're saying? Yeah. Everything can be explained by science. That is a new fan theory, and I've heard a lot of fan theories about Friday the 13th movies. That is by far my favorite. The only one I want to be true. Did you guys realize that Jason only targets people with spine issues? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So he's not strong. He's just, he's he's pretending that he's strong by attacking the weak. I, yeah, no, he's, you know, he's mm-hmm. America. <laughs> holy shit that was amazing and unexpected and i love well, it well this is like that was the whole thing about this right like in the 80s especially that these movies were somewhat conservative they're not at all but right. that's kind of what the that's kind of what the theory became later you know like like ronald reagan would just have a picture of jason like vote for me <laughs> <laughs> my fan theory was that this and indiana jones temple of doom are a shared universe i like that idea yeah and after camp crystal lake he escapes to india to guard the shankara stones <laughs> that explains so much it does do you guys think that jason's like a golem or something is that why the uh, the electricity reactivates him or something um i think it's a nod to frankenstein mclaughlin's always said stuff about he was definitely you know, paying a lot of homage to the Universal Monster movies. So I think that's what it is. We even get Alice Cooper's Teenage Frankenstein played yeah. later in the movie. And I, that's another uh, thing yeah. about this movie. I This movie made me an Alice Cooper fan. That's another thing I love oh. about this movie. Yeah, there's a ton of Alice Cooper in this movie. For me, it was Wayne's World. Yeah. Feed my Frankenstein. Are you kidding me? That song's a banger. Yeah. I'm just a little older, so. <laughs> Honestly, Alice Cooper's Poison, I think, is his best song. I could talk about oh, Alice so Cooper good. for a week. I love that dude. I'm taking my daughter to her first Alice Cooper concert in October. That is Fuck awesome. yes. Anyway, so Jason comes to life. Tommy takes the post out, although he doesn't realize that Jason's back to life yet. And Jason grabs him from inside the grave. He kicks him back in. He goes to grab the gasoline, but it's too late. It's raining. He can't strike a match because it's raining. <laughs> I love this scene. There is so much wind. Yes. <laughs> I mean, my God. I don't know if this is a set or if this is location, but my God, there is just so much wind. I assumed it was location with a rainmaker just because they would have to have 30 fans going <laughs> to create that wind. They're just standing there like leaves are just swarming around yeah. them. And he's like trying to act and it's like, what's going on? 
This movie was sponsored by Big Fan, so like it goes all the way to the top of the fan. Of the fan. So as he's trying to strike a match, his friend grabs the shovel, breaks it over Jason's head. Jason is unfazed and turns around and punches through that guy's torso. I do love that the shovel like shatters over Jason's head. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. he doesn't move at all. It's like he's a stone. <laughs> it's and so then he funny. just quickly turns around, snatches up Welcome Back Carter, and punches him through the chest, missing his spine, but only because of the medical yeah, issue. The yeah, because of the scoliosis. <laughs> which actually caused him severe depression, which led him to inpatient psychiatric treatment to where he met Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. Just like Kurt Cobain. Exactly. Wait, what? Uh, a lot of people believe that Kurt Cobain killed himself because of his severe spine issues. Oh, yeah, because he was self-medicating. Yeah, but I mean, if you were having to carry Courtney Love's career, it's a lot to carry. <laughs> that would yeah, hurt. I just don't understand how his spine issues got him murdered by her. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at the cast list, though, and, you know, Ron Palillo is the as the actor that plays this character that was in Welcome Back, Cotter, but his character is named Alan Hawes. Like, he got a last yeah. name. Yeah, he does. And in the subtitles, it says Alan. That's so weird, though. It's weird because he's in the movie for six minutes. <laughs> yeah, the people that are more of the movie don't have last names. It's like sissy, court. Yeah. <laughs> so as he rips his scoliosis spine out, finally providing him relief, Tommy. <laughs> the sweet relief of death. The sweet release of death. Uh, Tommy runs and makes it to the truck and drives away. We cut to a close of Jason's eye and we get a James Bond slasher opening. Thank you. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was like, what is happening? Are we going to get like a... <laughs> In 1986, when you're like 10 years old, that is so badass. That was yes. just like... <laughs> <laughs> Mikey thought it was badass today. Yeah, today. Yeah. I was like, this is cheesy as shit. And then he slashes it and I was like, nah, this fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> it did fucking rule. Page, you're right. That's <laughs> great. I'm also a huge Bond fan, though. So, Same, too. You know. yeah, me too. <laughs> anyway, so we cut back to Jason is walking through the forest. We cut over to Tommy, who has gone to the sheriff's department to be like, Hey, yo, Jason's alive. And the sheriff is just like, No, and you're crazy. And ends up putting Tommy in the drunk tank because he, he knows who Tommy is. He's like, Didn't Jason kill your mom and your sister? <laughs> like, I think you're having an episode. <laughs> Essentially. I like when the deputy walks in with like eight food containers. Takeout containers. <laughs> there is no okay. Let's, they let's, got three appetizers apiece, couple desserts. Wow. Okay, let's, this is a personal attack. Mikey, you are not <laughs> under attack right now. Yeah. If you looked at my porch last night, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like sitting at the blinds. I'm like, leave it at the doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> I like finger foods. Party of the 13th does this all the time where you get this really super annoying character that you, I mean, really, maybe the one guy that I wanted to die this entire movie was that deputy. Didn't die. And doesn't die. He's like uh, freaking Ned, the practical jokester from part two. I really did want him to get ya banged, though. Yeah, Yeah. apparently he signs autographs that way, like the actor. Like, I've heard, like, that's how Uh, he, wherever the red dot goes, ya bang. That's how he signs his autographs, which is kind of cool. That's pretty funny. Who's asking him for his autograph? You'd be amazed. All of these actors, because people, like, go with, like, their poster, and they want every actor to sign it. Right. I mean, these guys make a chunk of change. I mean, good for them. That's awesome. Oh, it's great. I yeah. love it. I'm. That's so yeah. glad. It's so awesome because they are obviously they weren't doing a lot of movies. So 
I don't mean that mean. I just no. You, I'm, know. you mean it factual. It just happens <laughs> yeah, to I mean, be. You mean. look at their yeah. credits. They don't have a ton. <laughs> I had a friend who dated one of the Power Rangers, and that's how he made his money. Was just conventions. Yeah. I have a thousand questions right now. <laughs> Which color? Red. Uh, not the one who murdered a guy. A different red one. The original red one. There have been like five red ones. Wait, who murdered somebody? One of the red ones. <laughs> yeah. You guys can Google it at your earliest inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, he he wow. murdered a roommate with a samurai sword. It's like a whole thing. Was that like the star? Like No. It, okay. Like it was one of the offshoot ones. Oh, okay. Because I, I don't know if you know, there have been like 12 Power Ranger like iterations. Yeah. So he was one of them and gotcha. still made enough on like conventions and stuff. Uh, but also, one time I stayed at a hotel at the same time a convention was happening, and no one was checking wristbands, so I just kind of walked around, mm-hmm. and there was a guy signing autographs, and he just had a picture of him fighting, it's or Star Trek original series, it's him and William Shatner, and he's the Gorn. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. And so he's like in a mask, signing autographs, and I was just like, how nice. do you know that's him? Like, how are you sure? He had a mask on, throwing styrofoam rocks at William Shatner. So, yeah, the convention circuit is legit. If I was going to do a Power Rangers themed pickup line or sexual innuendo, if I was her, I'd be like, summon your droid. Uh, you mean your Zord? Yeah, Zord, whatever they're called. Get it fucking right. I wasn't a huge Power Ranger fan. If you're going to build the Megazord, you got to mean it. Anyway. Guys, also, <laughs> side note, send us your Power Ranger themed sex puns to Mikey's DMs. Yeah. Hey, DM me for my BMs. <laughs> <laughs> so as they're locking him in the drunk tank, they're telling him that like, hey, no one in Forest Green wants to be reminded of Jason and what happened. That's why it's not called Crystal Lake anymore. So we find out that they're in Crystal Lake. It's just been named something different. Yeah, they rebranded it because they've had a lot of negative publicity about the murders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Those pesky murders. Yeah. No one wants to camp here anymore. <laughs> also, what year is this supposed to be? Because Tommy's got to be like 10 years older than he was in the previous film. So we're like full on into like the 2000s at this point, right? Like, <laughs> they have laser scopes. I mean, <laughs> so if, <laughs> that laser scope was huge, bro. I know. <laughs> if you start trying to do the math about these movies it gets it nuts. doesn't work yeah because yeah, like tommy jarvis two movies ago was Corey feldman yeah as like a child and then in part five he's like a teenager and this is at least i would say five or so years after that yeah, it's got to be like he's got to be early 20s or late teens i mean yeah we're in the late 90s at the earliest <laughs> i really want a gritty friday the 13th reboot <laughs> like a real one well they kind of yeah. did one it wasn't very good but they did yeah one. <laughs> that's the difference is because like halloween you can do the gritty reboot and it it can actually be scary and for some reason it just doesn't work with jason i think it's the summer camp aspect of it and because of of all the Jason movies we've had before, but it doesn't have the same like scare factor. I don't think Jason works outside of the 80s. At least I don't think he has yet. I mean, I, I anything's possible. You could make a good movie, but I think once you go to the 90s and I just don't think it works anymore. I don't know why. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to that. I just... <laughs> the cocaine. We lost the cocaine. Jason for me is, <laughs> is in the 80s. It's the Paramount films. You know, I just, I don't... Yeah. It doesn't make any sense after that. But listen, Mikey, I will reach out to close personal friend Chris Nolan and see if he wants to reboot the series. 
Oh my god, that would be the worst. Like, that would be terrible. You god. wouldn't be able to hear anything. Oh my god. <laughs> Christopher Nolan makes very good movies. Like I don't want him making like a Friday the Thirteenth. Like people are talking about him making a Bond movie. Like fuck you. No, I do not want Christopher Nolan anywhere near Bond. Like that would be awful. I am one of those people that I want to return to hokey, ridiculous Bond, Same. and I don't think I'm gonna get it. I think I'm just gonna get more serious Bonds that I don't love. But whatever. Like yeah, Dan Harmon needs to do the next Bond Holy shit. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I would watch Dan Harmon's James Bond masterpiece. Yeah. Consumed by my mad dreams. So good. Rick and Morty show up for no reason. <laughs> oh, you mean like in the new Space Jam? <laughs> I haven't oh, seen did that. They really? Oh, spoiler alert. Shit. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was not going to see it. Don't worry. I only knew it. that because it was trending on Twitter. I have not seen it. I okay. Uh-huh. What I want is a Cloverfield style remake of Friday the Thirteenth, like found footage. Like you're in the city, all of a sudden people start getting murdered, and people are like, "What's going on?" And he's like killing cops that respond. He's like just running around the city, killing a bunch of people. Like the media coverage and like societal response, but the person is doing it as like an unstoppable killing machine, like Jason or Michael. I think you could do that, but I don't think you could do that with Jason. Mikey, you just described Terminator. Pretty much, yeah. Well, well, they're not a robot. Okay, but like until people realize Terminator's a robot, that's Terminator. <laughs> Like that, you've described the first forty-five minutes of Terminator. Like first responders keep going, but then they're like, "He's kill. He's still killing people." <laughs> we we cut his head off. Uh, he put it back on. <laughs> Lightning struck his body, and he got back up. That's like, I mean, that that cemetery post. That's like a defibrillator. Defib- defibrillator, yeah. Defibrillator. But I mean, like that doesn't work. Like seventeen years after you die. Well, have you tried it? <laughs> Not personally, but we need to go out to Tommy Jarvis's grave and just you know send some kids with scoliosis there so he can get worked up to yeah yeah you know, yeah, take yeah, yeah, yeah. His mom was a chiropractor before she was a camp counselor. <laughs> oh my god! Crack 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 crack. <laughs> Doctor Voorhees. <laughs> Doctor Voorhees. Anyway, sorry, I was on. A, I got off on a tangent. Oh, did you? I missed it. <laughs> so we cut to two of the head counselors who are driving back to camp, and they're lost. Uh, and they stop when they see Jason in the road. They try to go in reverse. They get stuck in mud. And so, no, she says, I've watched a few horror films. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to go t- towards a person with a mask. This is definitely the first like kind of meta scenario where. Yeah. It's not quite as meta as like when the grave caretaker looks directly into camera and says, what kind of people would like that? But yeah, yeah. it's pretty meta. But I love that it's Tony Goldwyn and he looks the exact same as he does now. So. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is the next two or three people that are like kills of people that don't matter all look like him. So they all like the guy that they kill in the forest kind of looks like him. He kind of looks like the guy from Welcome Back, Cotter. We get like three <laughs> or four kills in a row of dudes that I'm like, is this the same dude? It's They all look the same. It's so strange. Wait, I have a question really quick, just a clarification question. The person he kills in the woods with the broken bottle, is that the grave caretaker? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. All Who right. I don't think originally was supposed to die, right, Paige? No, that- yeah, that's an additional shoot. So they try to drive forward and scare him. He's not scared, obviously. He pops one of their tires. She tries to go in reverse again, and 
the guy in or Tony Gold with her in the car reaches over and pulls out the tiniest gun I've <laughs> ever seen from the glove compartment. I love that she refers to him as Dirty Harry, but it's like the tiniest gun. <laughs> Dirty Harry's gun was huge. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Dirty Harry? He's like, no, this is like a twenty-two. If that, it's like an eleven. <laughs> you know, that's Tom uh, Laughlin's wife, um, yes. Nancy. But like you could tell she's a theater person like immediately because like that that line alone. She she is chewing the scenery a little bit, yeah. especially when she gets out of the car. She's like, no, God, yeah. no. This is my no, moment no. to shine. Yeah. In this mud puddle. <laughs> Mr. DeMille <laughs> with the un-American Express card or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. do love that she takes a full two and a half minutes to pull out the cash and credit card. <laughs> and he does wait for her to do that before he kills her. I was like, what? Oh, and then he vanishes and then reappears above her from the other direction. He had to yeah. pee. <laughs> this Jason, like after all those years in the grave, he's like, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to I'm going to fuck with people. <laughs> oh, yeah. And good thing I learned how to teleport. What does the card say, though? It is. It's like American distress or it's something. I think it says American distress. I couldn't yeah. find it exactly. I was trying to freeze frame it. Yeah. They do linger on it for a second. Mm-hmm. So he kills, obviously, the guy with the gun. He and by literally, again, just like punching through <laughs> his midsection. Right. And, and then he stabs her in the puddle. We cut to Tommy waking up at the police station and all of the other counselors, including the sheriff's daughter, uh, have showed up at the sheriff's department to be like, hey, our friends never came back. Can you look for them? And all I have in my notes is just like, these cops don't want to do anything (laughs) because they're just like, no, we don't want to go look for missing people. We don't want to check and see if Jason's grave is open. (laughs) Like, we're not doing anything. Did you not see the food that that guy brought for them to eat? I wouldn't want to do anything either until we (laughs) ate it. (laughs) That much Chinese takeout? (laughs) Listen, we've got a shitload of beef and broccoli to down before we do anything. (laughs) I don't know. I've never I've never found anything about this, but that scene. But when he wakes up, it's probably just they just wanted to cut it that way. But it comes off that like he's got like a psychic connection or something, you know, like. Yeah, I thought either he dreamed those kills or he's like a psychic. Right. But then they don't do anything with it. So I either that was just something they thought about and then they they said, nah, Uh, which happens like in every Halloween sequel, by the way. Yeah. But, um, but like the sheriff's daughter is like immediately horned up by this guy she sees in a jail cell. <laughs> oh, yeah. She hates her dad so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which makes no sense because she's I mean, court's right there. Like, I mean, I, hey, I think court is attractive, but a problematic human. And that's fine. I just think court's trying too hard. I think that's court's problem. I, I think he's fine. I think he's a nice kid. My favorite is when the sheriff just goes, do you know a seamstress? <laughs> just because all like not a single one of his clothing items is not torn. That's kind of more commonplace now with the holes in the jeans and it's more stylized. But I do remember that back then when people would wear holes in their jeans, that was always a joke. Like the yeah. some parent would say something stupid like that, you know. So. Is the sewing machine in your house broken, son? <laughs> very, very Ron Swanson. Yeah, now the kids are like, why don't you get the vaccine, Dad? And I remember when they sold, yeah, I remember when they sold those pants with the holes in them, and everybody, like, why would you buy holes when pants when you got scissors at home? Like that was always the. Yeah. I'm from the South, if you couldn't tell from that. Joke. <laughs> I love it. It became like, a, like a, uh, a yokel at that point. Just take me to Hot Topic, Mom. God, <laughs> damn it. 
I want my vampire necklace. Come on. So <laughs> Tommy seeing an opportunity is like, hey, be careful out there. Jason's like loose. And they're just like, uh, he's crazy. Don't listen to him. Right. But she's like, tell me more. Tell me more about your interests. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut to the cemetery where the caretaker, the groundskeeper, finds Jason's open grave with the other body in it. So it looks like somebody just dug up the body and defaced it, not that he's escaped. How does he not know that that's like a fresh body, though? Well, because it's just the foot. Yeah. Listen, he does say he only has a GED. Yeah. He's not college educated. He's also, he's a day drinker, too. Or that is he's, true. He is a little yeah. shit-faced at noon, so whatever. Day Night, midday, all day. <laughs> yes. He felt like a theater guy, too. I feel like they got a lot of theater people for this movie. Well, he has like a weird monologue in the middle of it. Yes, he does. Yeah. I don't know why he does that. that. And he was like, he would go to the director and be like, hey, man, I'm going to I'm gonna do an eye thing. Is that cool? Because I, I think yes. my character needs an eye thing. And know? I feel like my character would look directly into the camera at one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's looking into the camera. He's just, I'm a high school graduate. I deserve this job. I earned it. Some folks have a strange idea of entertainment and you're just like what? what the hell it's like every sentence that comes does not at all relate to the sentence that came before it it's surprisingly yeah. at the 1987 academy awards this was not mentioned I, I, it's, it's the same speech he gave when he went back to the graduating class of 1984 and gave the graduation speech to the town of crystal lakes graduating high school class forest green forest green oh, excuse me. i deserve this job forest green meanwhile jason is heading toward camp and we cut back to the counselors who have arrived at camp and are starting to set up and they're like yeah it's weird that we haven't heard from our friends and Megan, the sheriff's daughter, all she wants to talk about is Tommy. And then, like, all she wants to talk about is Jason, where she seems low-key aroused by the idea of Jason coming back. Oh, so this is like a precursor to Investigation Discovery. Also, how far is this camp from town? Because if he's been walking all night, I feel like yeah. he does, and he doesn't get there till later that night. Jason has some kills to make along the way, <laughs> guys. Like, he does not have a compass. <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, what you don't know is Heather from the Blair Witch Project was like, sure, she knew the way, and Jason was just following her, and then you know she got them lost, and so he kicked the he map through the map in a yeah, creek. He threw the map yeah. in a creek. So like, it's a whole thing. Wait, isn't that guy's name Mikey? It is. Yeah. Yes. In Blair Witch. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a funny episode. I just now, I just now thought about that. He also stopped and played paintball. Yes. <laughs> this is also where we find out that today is Friday the Thirteenth, and the campers have arrived which we're watching them not even set up and now there's children around and yeah. they're just completely ill-prepared i know in the first one it's friday the 13th although i don't know that they make a huge deal about that other than that's just why they named the movie that but i don't remember another one where they're like it's friday the 13th like i you know like i, I, don't, I don't think maybe. they do yeah. i think this is the only one that revisits that at least in chronological order because i haven't seen the later ones but i mean they really drive the point home that it is friday the 13th yeah. in this movie they bring it up like three times yeah when he's in space they make a big deal about it. <laughs> Captain's log, Friday the 13th. <laughs> you picked a hell of a day to get here and talk about Jason. That's years from now. 
Yeah, that's years from now. I I think this is actually kind of borrowing from a Halloween thing because Halloween yes. is very specifically tied to Halloween, and I think they're trying to do the same. Yeah, I can't wait till we do Halloween four. I hope Tom uh-huh. Atkins comes back. He does not. I know. I'm very sad about that. Huge Halloween four fan, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Anyways, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get you back next year for Friday Thirteenth. We appreciate you coming on. <laughs> No, I just feel like I need to do this after Mikey like tried to call me out. I don't even have Mikey's number. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> that's, that's so sad. Mikey checks in with me every now and then. It's very sweet. Yeah. I don't know what's the truth now. The truth is that it's a hell of a day to do this because it's Friday the 13th. <laughs> I only come around. Like, Jonathan is our Jason. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You guys don't know this, but I just stab him with a metal fence post. You yeah. just, if you only had to work on Friday the 13th, you could just sleep the rest of your life. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I need to join whatever union Jason's a part of. And Mike Myers, honestly. They only work one day a year. Well, I mean, the rest of the time, Mike Myers is busy pulling six bullets out of his chest. <laughs> well, so is Jason because he gets shot five times with a revolver in this movie. It's six times. I counted. <laughs> Anyway, meanwhile, in the woods, this is the paintball sequence where we encounter multiple people who are on like a paintball team building activity. And Jason decapitates three of them at once and then hunts down another one. (laughs) That's all that happens. It is all that happens. We have to talk about it more because he gets his quintessential machete from that guy who was like very upset that there's a woman on the executive team. And the woman shot him. Yeah. yeah, and she's she's beating everybody at paintball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She should be home in the kitchen like all the other ones. He says something like that, right? Yeah, no, it's real <laughs> offensive. I wrote it down. Dumb broad. She tricked me. Why doesn't she stay in the kitchen where she belongs? Wouldn't she, Women shouldn't be allowed in these games. That's this right. isn't games. This is life. And he's just chopping at a branch with the machete. See, this is what people have to do before Twitter. <laughs> Jason smashes his face against a tree. And so we get like a bloody smiley face on the tree. And if you look at the tree before he smashes his head into it, that smiley face is not there. <laughs> so his face created that smiley face blood impact. Without this sequence, how would he have gotten the machete? I mean, what is? I mean, they could have had one at the camp, or <laughs> yeah. Any, anyway, yeah, machetes are so rare. <laughs> that guy that was like whining and dining his girlfriend, he could have been showing her a machete. I don't know. I mean, hey, girl, you want me to show you my machete? <laughs> Mikey, if you take someone on a date to the woods and then reveal you have a machete, she's going to run from you immediately. Yep. Yeah, that seems very poor planning. On your part? Yeah. My favorite is, so he does the bloody tree face, and then he grabs the machete and holds it up, and as he holds the machete up, the guy's arm is still attached to it, and then Jason just kind of shakes the arm free, (laughs) where he's just like, ew, (laughs) like, get off of there. And then you have, like, the poor, like, the the poor nerdy guy that everybody's making fun of and doesn't even care about, you know, and then he gets slaughtered too, right? So I I don't know. Yeah, he gets murked. Yeah, it's like it's he's like the nerdy dude from WKRP. I just I felt bad for the guy. I don't know why. Just this sale sequence doesn't set well with me at all. First off, love WKRP. It literally yeah. is a tradition that every Thanksgiving we watch the Turkey Drop episode. My wife and I do too. I love it. Okay, and also <laughs> that nerdy guy tries to stop a murderer by shooting him in the chest with a paintball. He technically slowed him down more than anybody else. <laughs> I'm not true. saying he deserved to die, but it's sort of on him too. <laughs> This is also where we get Jason's butt shot. Yes, where it is. as he walks past the guy, we get like a slow pan across him in tight jeans. And I was like, 
Are we sexualizing Jason Voorhees? What is happening? I heard Patrick Wilson was the body double. Oh, <laughs> if only. Take the mask off. So, also during this time, the sheriff has decided that he wants to get Tommy away from his daughter. So he's not going to wait for the institution to come pick him up. They're just going to drive him out of town, basically. Like, make sure he leaves. And so they take off. They're following Tommy in Tommy's truck. And Tommy pulls off into the cemetery to try and prove to them that Jason's grave is disturbed. But what he doesn't know is that the caretaker has covered it back over. But what's really funny is once he veers off, the cops turn on the sirens and the Mm -hmm. lights. And the sheriff just says... Turn on the noise and the cherries. I love like, that so much. Has anyone ever called them that? I don't know what's that. So, like, you know the old-timey ones where they put the, like, the one yeah. single red light? They did call that the cherry. Really? Okay, uh-huh. all right. But once again, I, I almost feel the need to defend this guy a little bit because, I mean, Tommy, I mean, I mean, we know that Jason's alive. They have no right, reason to course. think that. So they just yeah. think this guy is crazy, basically. Yeah, and I mean, his daughter yeah. is like, you arrested a guy. I really want that dick. And yeah, I, I'm <laughs> sliding off my chair for Tommy Jarvis. <laughs> They're definitely being a little aggressive. Like the dude doesn't need to point his gun at Tommy and, you know, with oh, the yeah. red. Oh, I mean, it, no. It's insane that a small town would have laser sighting guns anyways. That doesn't even make any damn sense well he ordered it himself yes it does he did say that. They, they do yeah. point that out that this sheriff does not have the budget for laser sights what i thought was really weird about this scene is when they start chasing him around the graveyard and they're playing <laughs> just like yakety sacks until they tackle him that was a weird choice it yeah, is right? a weird choice but also it's a cemetery so like it's open field but there's still staying inside the lines it's like the scene in shrek 2 where they chase that mascot (laughs) through the disneyland line they're just lucky it wasn't the night before because leaves would have been blowing everywhere (laughs) (laughs) i also i do think the sheriff is taking things a little bit excessive he doesn't need to threaten tommy to keep him away from his daughter he just needs a shirt that says i'm the father of a hot girl and if you touch her i'll make sure that you never see you know those like ones that are like i was born in september and i'm a plumber like, now that I have a daughter, I really, I really hate that stereotype because like most dads are not like that, that I know, you know, you know? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. There are exceptions, but uh, like, I'm like, yeah, my daughter's going to date. It's fine. It's all part of life. Hope she finds a good guy. Jonathan, if Tommy Jarvis came to town and Oof. he was arrested immediately because there's people missing, <laughs> would you be okay with it? Or would you be like, he's a greasy wienered side spitter? <laughs> I wouldn't act like the shit. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't yeah. act like that. I would probably be like, that guy, let's find out if he killed anybody first, and then we'll... <laughs> You're so nice. And then, why they're literally waiting for like his institution to pick him up again. <laughs> like, honey, he's got some problems. He needs treatment. Uh, we're waiting for them to transfer him back, but he's so hot, Dad. Meanwhile, I've been spiking all of your drinks with birth control. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so they get to the grave. It's covered over. And the groundskeeper is like, what? No, of course I didn't cover it. Glug, glug, glug. But my favorite is he just says, does he think I'm a fart head? Oh, man. (laughs) And then it cuts immediately to all the children going, yeah. Yeah. I I bet he was a great Falstaff in his his local Georgia. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) 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 
so they're trying to keep the kids occupied, even though they're down a couple counselors. And they're basically, they have the girls in a group and they're just like, we're going to go fishing. Yeah. Scare the boys. Yeah. And they're like, we're running out of things to cheer about. And then we cut to the boys who are out with court. Mm hmm who is telling them a wildly offensive story yes. about what he believes to be a Native American yeah. tradition. This is when I fell in love with Court. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know this guy's an idiot, but like he's he's a guy you want to have as a friend because he'll you're it's going to be entertaining. You, you, something's going to happen. It's terrible. I no, hate that he's it's... doing this, but at the same time, you're just like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, you can't look away where you're just like, <laughs> What is yeah. this like a personal story? Like you know, what's happening? What does he say? He says something like he's you know he's the chief's going out. He's got you know, he's got a squaw or something on the side. He's going to go gonna, take care of that. He's going to break up with her. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And then that great kid is like you know if this is the best it gets we're in trouble or something. Yeah. <laughs> also when uh, when Megan says when she's doing that shouting doesn't she say like this is going to be the best weekend ever? It doesn't sound yes, like she says it's a week. weekend. So I'm like so they're there for like a day? Like that doesn't even make sense. They they get there on Friday the thirteenth. And then oh, I'm that's guessing right. they go home Friday. on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this movie wouldn't work if it was called Sunday the 15th. I don't <laughs> Sunday the 15th. The kids go home, or do they? <laughs> Sunday the 15th, you just like have brunch, do some laundry, uh-huh. get ready for the week ahead. Yeah, because the kids are off at camp. So uh, we cut to the sheriffs have escorted Tommy to the border of Forest Green and they tell him that if they see him again that he's going to end up wearing his balls as earrings and I'm like fashion choice yeah Rocky Mountain earrings I get it <laughs> Rocky Mountain earrings I of oysters but yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so we cut to the woods later that night the groundskeeper is like three bottles to the wind at this point and the wind's blowing yeah the wind is blowing and we have a (laughs) random couple on a date in the woods and again the guy on the date looks like the guy who's in the volkswagen who also looks like tommy jarvis's friend it's it's very strange i feel if mikey was this age in 1986 i think he would have this hair i'm almost (laughs) positive he also would have been cast as all three of these people yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm living a triple life (laughs) <laughs> I didn't believe for a second that guy knew how to drive a motor, ride a motorcycle, though. So that was a that was a yeah. Weird... Luckily, he doesn't have to prove that he doesn't. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Jason shows up, the groundskeeper throws his bottle. Jason catches it, smashes it in his hand, and then stabs the groundskeeper in the neck with the bottle. But Jason like throws a rock down the hill too, or something. Like he's totally fucking with these people. It's yeah. So weird. <laughs> He's he's playing the way I play in video games where it's like distract and then murk the person closest to you. Like, he's playing 4D chess is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so he he stabs that guy in the throat, but then also stabs him with the machete. So he like double kills him. Yeah, you got to double tap him. Double taps. And then the guy <laughs> on the date is like, I think I just heard someone get brutally murdered. What's up? And goes to like check it out. And it's like, oh, it's Jason. Well, let's go. I'm not even going to fight that we're running. Yeah. And they get to the motorcycle and then Jason stabs his machete through both, both of, them. of them. I loved it. He just kebabs them. I love that she <laughs> leans over his shoulder and just like blood comes out of her mouth onto him. I was like, that's nice. That's very poetic. Yeah. There's not a lot of blood in this movie, though. I, I didn't think. I mean, at least no. compared to other ones. Most so. of the kills are like cutaway. You don't see anything. Yeah. I think it's because their fake blood was bad. Because if you look at the blood that's on the machete, it looks 
Well, bad. MPAA was really coming down on stuff like that too, because the the next movie uh, gets really butchered as far as like <laughs> no pun intended, but uh, gets, yeah. uh, <laughs> as far as like the cuts and stuff. Yeah. But I don't. But McLaughlin, if he was more like of a universal old school guy, I don't know that he was trying to be that yeah. elaborate, you know, with the kills and stuff. So. I will say that his last thoughts were like, I should have took her to actual dinner. Yeah, you think? <laughs> That's what happens if you're a cheapskate and you go on a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> at night. Yeah, at night. Hey, just bring the Lunchables. We'll make a night of it in the woods. <laughs> You'd be eating leaves while those leaves are blowing around. And- <laughs> <laughs> Trying to like puncture a Capri Sun in the dark. Like, why don't- She was a mannequin all along, though. <laughs> so on the back of that motorcycle, like <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it had to be at night because that's when she comes to life. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> yes. So cut back to the kids' cabin where the kids are getting ready for bed. And this is also the first place where we see that they have hamsters in this cabin. Yeah, who brings hamsters? We get like four cutaways to those hamsters. I mean, it is really odd, but I just figured like it was like sponsored by like Richard Gere or something like that. And it was just like a thing <laughs> that wow. had to have around. I don't know. I don't wow. know how it is. Talk about much. a joke from 1986. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Carson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> so meanwhile, Jason makes his way to the counselor cabin And he's kind of watching through the windows as they're playing card games. One of them is played like they're trying to play Camp Blood, where it's this made up game of like the Joker is Jason. The face guards are counselors. And then you separate them into cabins. You're trying to find out what cabin he is in. They really wanted to make this card game a thing. And no one has ever played it since this movie was shot. Because they explain the full rules. Yeah. I don't know how to win. For a game that they don't completely explain, they still explain too much. Where it's yeah, like you, you choose a character too. Like that was an interesting aspect. I, I mean, liked it. Honestly, the only way to win was to take the Jason card and fill the sink up with water and then chain it to your drain. <laughs> <laughs> but at this point, we find out that Megan is at her dad's precinct. Yeah, she's trolling for dick. She's trolling for that Tommy Jarvis jizz. And so, like, how is she getting out of being at the camp? Like, that doesn't make sense to me either because her dad's the sheriff. Because they yeah. already don't have the head counselors there and courts off. Uh, what what is what do they say courts doing? He went to go find something that goes bump in the night. That's right. Is yeah. what he says. <laughs> and uh, so they left like, you know, uh, Sissy and uh, I can't remember the other one's name, but uh, leave them with all those kids. Well, you I mean, see at Crystal Lake, there's a law that mandates all camp counselors get one hour of banging break. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to knock off a little bit early and take my banging break. So as they're talking about these card games and wondering where Megan is, they hear a scream. They go to the cabin and a little girl's had a bad dream. She thinks she saw a monster. It will turn out that it's actually real. Yeah. But Paula, who's the other camp counselor, Paula and Mm -hmm. Sissy calm her down. They get her to sleep. And this is where they're like, where's court? I haven't seen him. And then they this is where we get he's checking on things that go bump in the night. And then we cut to a Winnebago that is a rockin', so don't come Mm -hmm. a-knockin'. And one of the funniest sex scenes I have ever seen. Yeah, dance sex. And I like how like his shirt is like perfectly rolled, <laughs> up, rolled up over his nipples. Just take it off. <laughs> like it's so crazy. Look, I don't want you guys kink shaming my Winnie the Pooh stuff. 
<laughs> I mean, at this point, it's literally just covering a strip of his chest. Like, it's not. But it's like, it's so perfectly rolled up, too. Like, it's not even, there's nothing, like, somebody took the time. Yeah. T- the time to roll it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they're really into, like, slow, seductive <laughs> foreplay. There is no way. She says that song still has 10 minutes left. That's like an 80s hard rock song. There's, like, no Quiet Riot song that's 10 minutes. And he's going to have an aneurysm if he has to wait, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> nuts it's crazy yeah i mean honestly jason does him a favor by cutting the power (laughs) yeah uh so jason cuts the power and he finishes finishes and she's like what are you what can't believe and he's like wasn't that the end of the song it's no longer playing it felt like the end of the song to me (laughs) but she makes him go outside to check the cord he goes out finds that it's been cut she kind of scares him while he's out there And they go inside and decide that they're not going to chance it with whoever is out there. They're going to drive away in the Winnebago. It's the right call. Now, a few things about what happens next. Yes. He starts to drive away and she can't figure out to sit down. So she like gets thrown all the way around this RV. And then she gets taken into the bathroom and then he is so enamored by the fact that he is driving an RV. And listening to Teenage Frankenstein. Yes, yeah. Alice Cooper is just so good. He does not hear his girlfriend getting banged in the night through like uh, the side of the RV and like having her face imprinted on the outside of it. I like how he yeah. says, what are you doing in there taking a dump? And then he later says, do you need some help? No, it's worse. Paige, say I it. wrote it down. Oh, okay, great. Because I wrote it down too. Say it though, Paige. It's bonkers. My favorite, so he kills her and then in my notes, I just have stealth kill plus 25 XP because he does not notice. And then he just says, I'm having such a good time. And he keeps saying it. And then he asks, are you taking a dump back there? Mind if I come back and snatch a peek? Or vice versa. Oh, I'm having is, such yeah. a good time. <laughs> He's just saying his needs. Why are you guys all over this guy? It's a real John McAfee move. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that joke at all. Regardless, Jason comes up behind him and it's not until he sees him in the rearview mirror that he's like, oh no. And he gets stabbed in the head, flips the Winnebago. Jason climbs out and stands on top. We've all had sex with someone and then slammed our foot on the pedal and flew them back into the back. We've all done it. (laughs) No, I wish. I don't even know, like, if I've ever ridden in an RV, so I know I haven't experienced it. Oh, my God. I'm not much of a camper, so this is, like, an actual, like, stunt scene. Like, there's, you know, like, there's... Like they, I, I, no Friday the Thirteenth movie had done something like this before. Like there's an like right. like a car crash and you know there's stunt work being done and stuff. I don't know. Even though I don't think this this is not probably the most expensive film in the franchise, but they definitely they made it look bigger than it actually was. Yeah, we cut to Megan at the sheriff's office, and her dad is lecturing her about how Tommy Jarvis is a sick boy. And she's kind of, you know, into it. She's super into, into it. it. I don't understand Super it. into it. Yeah. Uh, but she's answering the phone and like, you know, prank calling people kind of. Well, no, she answers the phone and she's like, well, my my stepdad can't come to the phone because he's draining his lizard right now or whatever. And then she's right. like, oh, no, here he is because he's like, shut up or whatever. I can tell you that's yeah. like my daughter, like the idea of me like 
peeing probably horrifies her. Like, I can't imagine <laughs> she would make a joke about that. Like, she would make other jokes, you know, like making you right. know, making fun of me. But like that, I don't know. There's certain things I just can't imagine. I like how you're very open about how your daughter will make fun of you, but not about urine. <laughs> well, of course she makes fun of me. <laughs> you make fun of me. Have you met me? I'm easy to make fun of. <laughs> we all are, honestly. We are like low-hanging fruit personified. Yes. So when he finally gets the phone, we find out that they found the other counselors and that they are dead. And this is where Megan finds out and still has no reaction to it. I'm like, these were your friends. That's a yeah. fair point. I didn't really think about the fact that she doesn't react to court. Yeah, you because know, she does freak out later when she sees like that ridiculous uh, bloodbath. Yeah. Well, and they haven't even found court yet. These are the two from the VW. I thought that was court. Oh, this is. Oh, uh, that's coming, I guess. I'm sorry. Yeah, they do eventually find court. But uh, we cut to Tommy Jarvis in his car reading a book called The History of Occultism. Yeah, he's got a few books, but that's the one he opens and starts to read. Yeah, Yeah. that book. Where? Where? I think he broke into a library or something. He went to the Herman Munster Library of Forest Green. (laughs) I know where he got it. His therapist. This is the. 80s remember it is it is satanic panic i have a collection of books from the 80s one of them is crime and the occult but like the cult podcast library has a number of books from the 80s that are essentially like the satanic panic version of how to beat the occult (laughs) i'm not questioning that the book exists. I'm just, right. I, don't, I just don't know how he got it, but yeah. And yeah. the middle of the night in a small town, unless his therapist gave it to him or he's had it the whole time. I don't know. Who knows? He was, he was reading it at the side of his friend's bed when he was going through the treatments for scoliosis. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> he's like hanging upside down from a bar, like reading that book. <laughs> I don't know what the treatment for scoliosis is. Uh, <laughs> inversion therapy, maybe. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> But we cut back to the sheriff's station where Megan has stayed behind and she's like trying to balance and leaning in the chair. Clearly not sad about her dead friends. You're starting to make me think that Megan is kind of a worthless character. I I, uh, I think I like I think I liked Megan better till we started doing this podcast. That's cool. Yeah, I don't mind her. Uh, so she answers the phone and it's Tommy and she's basically immediately like, I'll pick you up there. I'll see you in half an hour. I'm going to help you out. And this is where I just have she has completely inappropriate reactions to everything because she's just like, I'm not sad about my friends. I'm going to come pick you up. It's just like as far as she knows, he's a murderer and murdered her two friends. Yeah. Well, that's what her dad's been telling her, but she doesn't believe that guy because she wants to right. bang this bad boy, Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, that's right, because she does eventually have proof, but it's because right. she does this yes. that she At gets At this point, she doesn't know he's not a murderer. Right. Paige is right. Yeah. Right. Uh, we cut to her dad going through the woods where they find the VW bug. They find the uh, people who are on the picnic. They find the uh, groundskeeper all together and then they get a call about the Winnebago so they find Mm -hmm. out about court that way but so they're packing up body parts and they're like set up a roadblock like it's we're gonna have to trap whoever this is it's probably Tommy Jarvis right I think he still thinks it is right I mean he has no reason to think otherwise where did all these cops come from though they came from Carpenter yeah they came from Carpenter oh that's right that's right they do say that Carpenter is a much bigger and better franchise city sorry city (laughs) so we cut to the cabin back at camp 
Mm-hmm. And Jason cuts the phone lines to the camp, and we cut inside where Sissy is reading a Men at Play magazine. But it looks <laughs> like someone took post-it notes and wrote Men yes. at Play on them and then stuck them on a different magazine. Yes, yes, it does, because yeah. it looks like Tiger Beat or something. <laughs> I think what we should take from this is that Sissy is awesome, and we should not make fun of her. That is that is Lexi Carver from Days of Our Lives. Thank you very much. We will- <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some questions because, so she thinks it's court outside playing games with them and she hears footsteps and she goes to dump a soda out the window thinking it's going to be onto his head and as she does so she leans over and we reveal that she's wearing suspenders under her shirt to hold up her pajama pants yeah i wanted to ask actually you about i was thinking when i was watching my last page about this is that an outfit that people wear (laughs) because i never i've never it's like sweatpants and and here's the thing suspenders over the top i would have been like yeah it's just the 80s yeah underneath and okay extra craziness when she leans over to the window, we see the suspenders in the back. When she stands back up, we see her from the front. We don't see the suspenders in the front. Mm. Ah. Suspenders in the back, party in the front? No, <laughs> guys, listen. You guys just need to suspenders your disbelief, all right? Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Thank you, Mikey. I made a great Mikey joke, and I'm very proud of it. My my theory, because her sweat shorts are rolled, which means they're probably too big for her. Yeah. My theory is when she went to go bend over to the window, she she was showing crack and so uh, they did it just thing. for that one scene yeah and didn't think anybody would notice this is a very suspender heavy movie tommy jarvis is wearing suspenders the whole time like a lot of people are suspended up no i i i think you're probably dead on because they probably didn't have like extra pairs of pants and stuff like that and it was just yeah. for a second so they just decided to make it work but yeah i'd never noticed that before until this viewing it's so odd looking <laughs> it's so strange <laughs> it's very very strange um But so she goes back to the window because she doesn't hear any reaction. And Jason jumps up and grabs her through the window and then literally just spins her head around. It's just like exorcist does her head. I hate like and that's that's one thing I guess I kind of like about this movie because I don't like that she gets killed. Like it's like not that I like people getting killed, but usually with these characters, (laughs) you can at least be like, oh, they're assholes. Like wait until you watch part seven. Right. There's so many assholes in that movie. You're just like, you say that like you're not also going to be forced to watch part seven, Jonathan. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, wait till we watch part seven. (laughs) Oh, no, no. I'm excited. No, I'm saying wait till we talk about part seven after you have me on five other episodes before. (laughs) (laughs) But no, seriously, though, like like her and the other girl who I think I think is Katie. Oh, Paula. Paula's the other girl. Paula. That's right. They both seem like really sweet people. And they're just, you know, they were, you know, just excited to come to camp and do this and now they're like i don't know yeah paula especially because she's like comforting the children and stuff yeah that, that is a big difference from the franchise is like this one the only person who's like super unlikable is the sheriff's daughter yeah and she's not but she's not even super unlikable like yeah i mean she's fine she's just kind of odd <laughs> in the deputy i mean her and the deputy should, should have been the ones to hook up the deputy's horrible <laughs> although isn't there an alternate ending did you have that in your uh no i do have some notes about an alternate plot where there was like a separate plot with jason's 
father. Oh yeah, and I've heard that's in the novelization or something, which I've yeah. I've, I've never read, but uh, I'm sure Todd's read it several times. <laughs> I've never <laughs> learned to read. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> I remember hearing something at some point. I don't know if this was accurate, but there was something about because he's in that jail cell. That's the last time we see him. Yeah. He gets put in the jail cell, and that somebody shows up and points the gun at him. Um, right. And you never find out who it is. I I don't know, but I don't know if that's true. Um, I I didn't see a ton of notes about that. Yeah. I mainly just saw notes about the the additional thing with his dad and part of the reason they cut it is because they'd established that he was cremated and if they included that storyline they couldn't have done the lightning and so they were like well I'll just cut it yeah that's a weird reason how would that work like well and it was like at the sheriff's station so it's almost like jason's dad shows up and it gives tommy's story like validity oh, but it gotcha. also created a bunch of other problems i can see that i'm glad they didn't do that because his father is Michael Myers. Because he worked with the therapist that sent Tommy Jarvis there. <laughs> and in that facility, they treated him later on with Dr. Loomis. That checks out. All that checks yeah, out. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And that other guy had scoliosis. I think all this, yeah, all this yeah. is coming together. His dad, the chiropractor. And you hang upside down and read to cure scoliosis, we discovered in this episode. So I feel like that's legit. I don't know. I'm not a medical doctor, but neither are chiropractors. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, meanwhile, Megan comes to pick up Tommy and she insists on driving. We cut back to the cabin and get like another close up of the hamsters. As it like pans up from the hamsters, we see Jason carrying Sissy's headless body. But the kid who had the nightmare notices. Yeah. And it's implied that she then gets out of bed to follow uh, because when they come back later, she's not in the cabin. Yeah. As we cut back to Tommy and Megan, they drive past a road sign that says speeding question mark. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like they do. Yeah, like you do. But it's two question marks, almost like it's on the Spanish language channel, like speeding yeah (laughs) anyway so as they're driving they come up on a roadblock and so she puts tommy's head down so they can't see him and so his head is fully in her crotch and we get multiple crotch shots at least she's wearing pants yes probably not surprisingly that was the scene that stuck with me the most when i was a kid that does not surprise (laughs) me at all yeah well and she's also like pressing his head down into it yeah it's it's really weird and like it and the look on his face is more like uncomfortable and a little confused as to what, you know, you know it's, it's like it's like that look. I think the first time it is, but the second time he seems into it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because it's the closest he's been to a woman. In a long time. Since, it, since like his early teens when he went to that facility. Yeah. 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 I mean, he had that girl that popped a lock real well, but then she was killed. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, then she presses his head down and gets kind of aggressive with it and then moans or something. It was kind of weird. She says, that's what I want. But what she means is the road ahead. What about head on the road? I, I don't think she asked for consent at all. I think she's. Well, I mean, he did not use yeah. his safe word, which is Michael Myers. That's a safe word. So <laughs> we never hear him say that. So we, I just assume he was game. You know, yep. no, in this movie, his safe word was probably like Wes Craven. <laughs> <laughs> so they come up on another roadblock and it's her dad who gets him out of the car. Meanwhile, back at camp, Jason approaches the counselor cabin and or at least we think it's Jason. It turns out to be the little girl carrying mm-hmm. his machete because she found it outside. And Paula at this point doesn't go like, holy shit, that's a blood covered machete. Right. She just goes like. 
they're playing jokes. Let's go find them. And like takes the little girl outside and like yeah. walks her back to the cabin. Even if you get to that point, it takes you a second, right? Like, like that would not be your initial thought. No, right. I mean, even if you think, oh, they're definitely like playing a prank, that's jam all over this machete because right. it does look terrible for blood. But like she just reacts like it's like a normal thing they do every year at camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. tradition. <laughs> yeah, they've done it for more than two years, so it is officially mm-hmm. a tradition. Yes. Ah, grape jelly on the machete again. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to we see Jason in the woods, kind of watching them walk her back to the cabin, and then we cut back to the sheriff's office where they're trying to put Tommy in the cell again. And we find out that they've been trying to call the camp, but the phone's been disconnected. And Tommy couldn't have killed Court because he was with Meg. Right. So this is where she finds out about Court and again, does not react. I don't know how they have the time stamp, though. Like The only thing I could think of is if they had patrolled earlier and yeah. saw the Winnebago in one place and then in a different place. But uh, it's the movie does not care that much. No, they don't. Um, no. Regardless, they keep Tommy in the cell and Megan is grounded, but she gets to stay there next to the cell with Tommy. Yeah. When, when you're grounded in a jail, it's called <laughs> being put in jail. Like that's no, 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 no. I like being gr- the, the legal recourse in Forest Green City is aiding and abetting an escape of a suspected murderer is you're grounded, mister. You are grounded. He doesn't want his daughter having anything to do with Tommy. Fine, but he's okay with leaving her alone with that crazy deputy. But also with Tommy, because Tommy's (laughs) right there, like, right there. So we cut back to camp. They've tucked the little girl in, and Paula basically is like, just say a prayer and everything scary will go away. And as she stands up, we see that Jason is outside the window and basically follows her back to the cabin. Which is actually a pretty cool shot. It is really cool, yeah. She gets back to the cabin, the machete is gone, the door is open, and the phone is dead. And she goes to close the door, and there's nothing behind it. It's kind of a fake out. But then he bursts in through the window, kills her, blood splatters on a different window, and then he throws her body through that window, and then yanks it back in. It's brutal. She gets the most brutal death, and she did the least of anybody <laughs> like yeah. it's insane like she's the one it's like that poor like assistant that gets taken up by the di- by the pterodactyl in jurassic world <laughs> yeah 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 and then they play like toss up and down with the water creature it's like what is going on <laughs> there's a deleted scene where jason stubs his toe walking in there He's really angry about it. Yeah. He's like, oh, that escalated further than I sh- it should have. I'm so sorry. Well, and then when we see the murder scene later, holy shit. Like, where is yeah. all that blood from? Uh, that's like six people's worth of blood. <laughs> it's mad. And it, like, he painted that room with blood. Yeah, he literally had like a paint roller and was just going around yeah. the room. Yeah. Yeah, it's on like Crystal. I think it's on the Crystal Lake Memories documentary where I think it might be Tom McLaughlin's. Like, yeah, we went a little overboard with the. So we cut back to the sheriff's office where the deputy crushes like a giant bug on his paperwork. Yeah. Where I was like, is that like a hissing cockroach? Like, what is yeah. that? Not anymore. It used to be. Used to be. But it got fisted. Oh, yes. Uh, So, meanwhile, Megan is shooting rubber bands at Tommy and shows him on, like, her drawing pad a note that is not 
framed correctly within the shot so we can't see what it says i had no idea what they were trying to show us there but they're like mouthing back and forth oh yeah i just like he's like your drawing sucks i was like man tommy you have no game (laughs) (laughs) no tommy knows she's into bad dudes and that's just like how he's gonna play it oh yeah 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 well she's trying to communicate a plan to him we just don't see it that note must have been very long because that is a very elaborate plan they had (laughs) yes so they do this whole thing where like he says her drawing stinks he steals the drawing pad she comes to get it or no i'm sorry the deputy goes to get it and he pulls her in and kisses her through the cell yeah but then she kisses him for real and then he like has a butterflies moment yeah i mean this is his first kiss question mark maybe I think it is. We don't know what happened in those intervening years. That's fair. It's like Captain America, like, dying a virgin. Oh, Oh, that's dark. Except not. He finally gets back for the dance at the very end. (laughs) Anyway, the deputy comes up. They do a switcheroo. She steals his gun, and they lock the deputy in the, uh, it's essentially the drunk tank, the cell in the sheriff's office. The old dipsy doodle. They've pulled it off. And he's done for the movie. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, gone forever. That's a wrap on the deputy Sorry. <laughs> i wish they would have kept the gun me too i thought they were actually going to use the laser sights at one point right but no but no they totally no. don't yeah yeah because i would have been like yeah like tommy says that line to jason or yeah something, you bang you know? yeah like that would have <laughs> been awesome jason wouldn't have appreciated it though see all the one-liners fall flat with jason he doesn't appreciate them man i would appreciate <laughs> it. i don't give a shit what jason likes i would have <laughs> loved it like that would have been a thrill me level moment yeah in this oh. movie Yes. So they get to the car. She has a hide a key on her car and just says, come on, hot lips. Let's go. He drives this time. They get back to camp. Is this where he tells her his plan? Like he has all of a sudden he's like, if we take Jason and bury him where he was, you know, his final resting place. Yeah. Where where did that come from? The the occult book. It did. It absolutely did. Yeah. There's a chapter of killers you can't kill. Why wouldn't you start with like, let's blow him up? Or let's cut his head off. Like, I, I just... I think he knows that doesn't work from the previous ones. He read in the book. I don't know. I feel like uh, chaining him to a boulder and then sinking him into the middle of Crystal Lake yeah. and then cutting his face up with the propeller. That seems like a really easy plan to pull off. <laughs> <laughs> it is more cinematic. It would have made more sense if you could have read her note. So we cut back to the camp where Jason goes into the little girl's cabin and approaches that little girl's bed and he walks towards her just as the cops show up and he leaves and she essentially makes a run for it. But we also get another close up of the hamsters. They got their sad cards from this. Oh, yeah. In an early draft. They were very, (laughs) very important. So Jason gets back to the counselor cabin and he walks in and this is where it's a blood it's like so many people were the blood and we get a close-up of blood across the spilled popcorn which i thought was really funny which honestly if you've ever put hot sauce on popcorn it's delicious but it looks kind of like that yeah Ooh, i bet that is good it is really good frank's Ooh. So I good. put that shit on everything. <laughs> so they get down to the docks and Jason approaches and like immediately takes a guy out with a throwing knife, which I was, yeah. this is the first time we've ever seen Jason just throwing knife skill at somebody. Was that a knife though? I couldn't tell what that was. I thought it was like some kind of fishing equipment or something. I, I thought it was a dart because they cut right to a dart board later. But I mean, I honestly, it could have been a knife. I have no idea. 
They do, but the handle's not a dart. Uh, At first, oh, I thought okay. it was a piece oh. of that fence, but then the handle is like a knife. And so I'm like, mm. he's still like walking around with the fence, like parts of the fence. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I like all this, too. I For some reason, I like the fact that there's, like, cops there, and it's, like, it's still not safe, right? Like, there's, like, right. you know, yeah. like the cops have shown up, so in a lot of movies, that would be, like, okay, cool, you know, and because you've never had that in a Friday the 13th movie, but then he just starts killing the cops, so it's just, right. I don't know. Yeah, he does not care, yeah. yeah. He does not care. The sheriff checks the boy's cabin, everything's fine, then checks the girl's cabin, one girl is missing. Uh, behind the wood pile, one of the other sheriffs is looking for Jason and finds the little girl. And she tries to tell him, like, there's a scary man. He's walking around. And as she tells him, Jason shows up. And this is where he shoots him six times yeah. in the chest. Yeah, he does. And then Jason just crushes his skull. This is the guy, too, that's got, like, the weird jacket. There's, like... Yeah, with fur. Yeah, the fur. Yeah, I was like, is he a state trooper? Yeah. But this is this is me watching a movie. I'm sitting there trying to figure out, like, where is that fur coming from? Like, where does it start? <laughs> where does it end? It doesn't mm. make any sense. I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he has an apple bottom jacket. Like, he brought that jacket from home. He's like, I will be in your movie, but I get to wear my jacket. Yeah. So he kills that sheriff. The little girl runs, runs into the other sheriff, the one we've been following, mm -hmm. Megan's dad. And all the campers are awake. He takes everybody to the girl's cabin, basically consolidates them to make the kills easier and <laughs> has them stay under the beds. Don't come back till he comes back. He goes outside and then has the slowest trip ever onto that other body where he literally was like, <laughs> when the kids are going under the bed did you guys catch the double jumpers yeah the, yes. like the like yeah. the olympic jumpers like yeah did you catch the kid who carried that they made sure to show the kid carrying the hamsters under the bed yeah yeah we used to rewind that scene constantly because it was so funny that's amazing <laughs> You can tell they're jumping onto mats that are almost as tall as those beds are. Like, like, like somebody shot that. It's like, we need stunt kids in here. We have to <laughs> <laughs> this is important for the movie. More important than the hamsters. Nothing's more important than the hamsters. <laughs> Let's go back. The sheriff, the sheriff falling is pretty hilarious, too. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, he backs away. He ends up shooting Jason a number of times, tries two different guns. And my favorite is he'll shoot. Jason will go mm -hmm. down and then just pop back up. Mm -hmm. Like, just sit up. He's totally fucking with him. He's totally, He's totally messing with yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, but Megan and Tommy arrive and they're yelling for him. And she checks on the kids in the cabin. They're all right. The sheriff is running through the forest, kind of running from Jason. Tommy takes off to the dock to set up his plan or whatever with the chains and the rock and everything. And as they're running through the forest making noise, Jason notices that Tommy and Megan are there and they hear Megan's screaming mm -hmm. because she finds Sissy's head in that police car. Yeah. Again, because I guess Jason's just putting body parts places for some reason. You need hobbies. You need hobbies. <laughs> we get a cutaway of those kids under the bed, which is the we're real dead meat. What were you going to be yeah. when you grew yeah, up? Yeah, I love that part. That's my favorite scene. That's my favorite scene. I mean, it's yeah. so silly, and I, I hear people complain about that, but I just, I love it. Like, it, and it's that so is fun. so That 80s. would be me as a kid if I was at that Yeah, camp, I would but... be under there, and I would honestly be crying, and Mikey would be making those jokes. But that, feels, <laughs> that feels like a scene that could just as easily be like in meatballs 
or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. what I love about it. So the sheriff outside is watching Jason hear Megan screaming. And so he tackles Jason. I love this moment, by the way, as a dad. I love yeah. this moment. When he gets killed and doesn't have to raise his daughter, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's because he's like, fathers bend over backwards to help their daughters. Megan has shown no emotion towards her friends dying, but at the moment she does, gets her dad killed. So yes. that was yeah. kids. Because <laughs> Jason literally, like, he's hitting Jason with a rock, and then Jason just breaks his back, just yeah. like barehanded. That's another thing that Jason's about. To, like, he's letting him like hit him a little bit. He's like, "Yeah, I'll give him yeah. a second. Like, we'll think he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, winning. Yeah. No, nope. you know, I'm bored now. No, nope. but then this is the part that drove me nuts. Is that Megan is now trying to keep the kids safe because she's run back towards the cabin. Tommy has now gotten the boat with the rock and the chain in it on the lake. And he's trying to draw Jason away from Megan. And Jason is like a dog where yeah. he's like, whoever is yelling at him at that moment, that's who he goes towards. By the way, though, you say Megan was trying to protect the kids. She was going to get on that boat with Tommy, though. Oh, absolutely. He drove yeah. away from her and didn't let her, but she was absolutely going to get on that boat. Those kids would have been by themselves. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Honestly, I've said it once and I'll say it again. Fuck those kids, man. You got to get away. You got to get away from Jason. But it was like once Tommy left, she's like, well, I might as well go help the kids. Yeah, Tommy's like, oh, this is getting kind of serious. I got to get out of here. The old rock and chain. Know what I'm saying? (laughs) Jason has the attention span of a goldfish. So whoever's yelling at him is who he goes for. So Tommy finally gets him to come out into the lake, lights the lake on fire. So he's got like a ring of fire. And Jason jumps up. He tries to get the chain on Jason, but the rock is so heavy, it's breaking the boat. Yeah. Jason goes back under. Tommy kind of reorients the chain. Jason jumps up. This time he's on fire, and Tommy manages to chain him up. The boat cracks. The rock sinks to the bottom, and Jason is trapped, but Tommy's too close, and so Jason chokes Tommy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like he dies. 100% dies. Yeah, his body floats to the top and Megan runs out to Tommy's body. But as she gets out into the water, Jason starts pulling her under. Yeah. So she starts the boat motor and turns it towards his face. So it chops up his face and grabs Tommy's body and pulls it out onto the shore. I do love that when she turns the boat motor on, the boat does not at all start to move away. No. Like it right. stays perfectly in that spot so she can rip apart his face. She jumped in the water like with her Uggs on, and I was just thinking in that moment, my wife would totally stop and like take her Uggs off first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's boots with the fur. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very expensive, you know, and if they get wet, they're ruined. So, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're dead. she gives him cpr and at first it looks like she doesn't know how to give cpr and i was like should you be running a camp but (laughs) she is not the head camp counselor she is just the de facto only alive camp counselor at this point i know but every camp counselor should have cpr training that's fair yeah (laughs) she hasn't been at the camp this whole time and yet she's going to get to be the hero poor like sissy and paula are like dead (laughs) And there's going to be all these newspaper stories about Megan, the camp savior. Yeah. The winners write the history books, Jonathan. It's like you were you were sitting at the police station the whole time, like trying to get trying to catch a dick. <laughs> Maybe I don't like Megan. 
(laughs) (laughs) So she saves his life. He's fine. It's over, question mark. Quote, unquote, yeah. Uh, We cut to a couple days later under the lake. Jason is chained there and his eye is open. So he's just waiting. And And that's that's the movie. movie. And in the next movie, you'll see him risen out of a lake that looks nothing like that one. It's amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm, He mm -hmm. is risen. So... Are you talking about it's Good Friday the 13th? Um, <laughs> yeah, Mikey. That's the In next fun one. facts, we will get to it. That was the original title of this movie. What? We'll was talk what? about it in fun. Was what? Jason is Risen. Oh, my God. I love it. No, this is my favorite, I, I think. I, it might be the best, too. Like, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know how to have those debates. I'm not very good at it. Plus, I don't think there's like a great, I don't know if there's a great Friday the 13th movie, but, <laughs> but there's a lot of fun ones. I don't think the point of Friday the 13th movies is to be great. No. Right. But I will say, pound for pound, though, I've always said this, I think it's a better franchise than a lot of these horror films, because I think a lot of the horror film franchises have a better first entry, mm-hmm. but but after that, they all kind of, like like, the Halloween franchise as a whole, it's not great, in my opinion. I don't know. Have you seen three? <laughs> I do love three. <laughs> three is my favorite so far, although that's as far as I've gotten in it. This is my favorite Tommy. He's my favorite Tommy's too. He's super yeah. dreamy. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's had a career, but I wish he kind of did more more mainstream stuff like this. Like he did Return of the Living Dead, I think the year before this. So he's yeah. There's a few films you might remember him from, but uh, but I don't know. I I feel like he should have had a bigger career than he did, and uh, I like this kind of Jason. I like this kind of Jason too. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Like it wasn't really scary at all. It was just like one of these like no. silly slashers that I guess a lot of the like eighties slashers became as they became more and more sequelized yeah i would say this is definitely my favorite tommy as well this is also the tommy that shows up i don't know if you've seen the fan film never walk or never hike alone i have but yeah i like this one i i think this one's pretty pretty serviceable pretty fun it has everything that you want from a friday the 13th movie with a lot less of the things that you don't want from a Friday the 13th movie. And so I think that's why I like it. Yeah, I can see that. I used to love this movie, but now that I'm watching the series more, I think I like the cocaine bonkers ones even more than that. Five is so funny. Yeah. I do love this film and I think it, I think it makes more sense. And I think it is a, Probably the best Friday the 13th film. I mean, I just... <laughs> I like how you say that in a way that's clearly making it sound like it's not your favorite, but you can see how it is the quote-unquote best movie. Objectively. Yeah. I think you could argue... I think there's arguments to be made for the first two. I think there's probably an argument to be made for the final chapter for some people. I don't like the final chapter as much as most people do, so I don't. I wouldn't put it up there, but... I think this is definitely in the, this has to be in the conversation. Right. When the caretaker of the graveyard looked directly into the camera, I was like, fuck yes. I'm serious. <laughs> and I honestly wanted more of it. I wanted him to be like more like a harbinger character and survive. And like he looks into the camera all the time when you see Well, he him. was supposed to survive. So, oh, I mean, man. yeah, that would have been kind of cool if he had come back. But I mean, that is also terrible. That makes a terrible movie. But I wanted this to be a lot worse than it actually was. <laughs> but like in a fun way. Anyway, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Jason, Jason, fun facts. So after New Beginning, which is the fifth one, Paramount uh, decided that the trajectory they had with Tommy Jarvis being the new Jason was not going to fly. They were super done. And so they spoke to the executive that was in charge of the franchise and were like, "Uh, you need to bring Jason back. I don't care how you do it, but you have to. Now, five left three characters alive. Tommy, at the time played by John Shepard, 
Pam, uh, played by Melanie Kinnaman, and the kid Reggie, played by Shavar Ross. Mm -hmm. I loved Reggie. I forgot about him. Yeah, uh, and both Tommy and Pam, so John Shepard and Melanie Kinnaman, had actually signed up for two movies. They were supposed to be in part six. Oh, wow. And Melanie Kinnaman was actually told that her character was going to return for part six to basically be the therapist that works with Tommy. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Melanie Kinnaman, by the way, in real life is supposed to be quite the train wreck. I have, I've never oh, met her, really? but I've, I've heard stories of people who. Well, have, she yeah. will get into more of what happens to her in a second. But uh, Shavar Ross, who played Reggie, thought that he was going to come back too. And be killed off, mm-hmm. but he was never extended a contract. And when people are at, have asked about it, asked the executives, they said that they would never have brought him back because no one wanted to see Jason kill a little kid. So, like, even specifically in this movie where it seems mm-hmm. like Jason's going to kill a kid, there was allegedly an internal mandate that was Jason does n- not kill kids ever, teens and up. That's it. But John Shepard, who was originally Tommy, who liked Tom McLaughlin's script decided that he didn't want to return to the franchise because he didn't like the reactions to part five but also because he had found the lord and decided to become a preacher and make faith-based films only but that meant that the studio didn't want to bring back melanie kinnaman because they were like well if we have the same pam but a different tommy People are going to notice it's a different Tommy, so we can't bring back either of them. So her oh, character man. was written out of the series. There's some weird reasoning in this movie, though. Like, you're still going to have a different Tommy. I mean, either way. Yeah. So I don't know why that would matter, but whatever. <laughs> either way. So they recast Tom Matthews as Tommy Jarvis, and that is history. Now that's the Tommy Jarvis that we all know and love. As I mentioned earlier, other than prologues and flashbacks, especially in the first film, no Friday the 13th film has ever reached a point where kids were at the summer camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, counselors were always killed either before kids showed up or just when staying at the camp for fun. Now, that same executive that made them bring Jason back to life, when he saw the final cut of the film, there were only 13 kills in the movie and in part that was because tom mclaughlin thought that would be really funny because Mm -hmm. it's friday the 13th 13 kills but paramount didn't like it and they wanted to pad the kill count so they forced him to do two days of reshoots to add more kills so that's when martin the gravedigger is added the couple on the nighttime picnic is added that's also why they get killed at the same spot uh, and also Sissy's death, because originally she was just decapitated. We don't see it and we never see her head again. So adding her, having her neck literally spin around and then finding her head later are all added. Wow, really? Okay. So was the gravedigger never a character until they decided to make him a victim? Yes, and if you look carefully, he's never actually in a shot with anyone else. He's not, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. it's a reverse shot. So, like, even when people address who you think they're talking to him, they're not. They're just saying things, and then they've cut him in where it fits. Oh, so movie magic. Tom McLaughlin wrote the script across the Christmas holiday of 1985. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) And in doing it, he watched all of the previous Friday the 13th movies. But when he turned in his script and he credits it with because it was Christmas, the script is originally titled Friday the 13th Part 6, 
Jason has risen, which is an Easter reference. But yeah. Yeah. But Paramount found that to be in horrifically bad taste and they retitled it Jason Lives. Disagree, Paramount. Disagree. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I will say I don't know that Jason has risen is a great title, though. So, I mean, I'm OK with the change, but the reasoning yeah. behind it doesn't make any sense. I mean, they would get sued two years later for trying to make I Love New York posters with Jason coming out of it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think they should do Jason has risen at Jesus camp. Oh, man, that'd been crazy. <laughs> I love everything about that. Crystal Lake is now a Christian camp. Ooh. Or it's like a pray away camp. That'd be even yeah, like a conversion, camp. like a gay conversion camp. Ooh. I love everything about that. So we mentioned that the redhead in the car in the VW is the director's wife, mm-hmm. um, but she was actually almost killed on accident during shooting. So Jason lunges at her with a spear through the car's windshield, and the stuntman was actually supposed to aim at the opposite side of the car, but missed. It like glanced off the windshield, and it almost basically impales her in the car wow okay yeah and they can only do it once because of the windshield so like she almost dies oh my god and you know tom still hears that story like every year yeah. you know she's bringing yeah. that up he's like oh there goes nancy telling them where she almost died story <laughs> yeah. let's talk about darcy DeMoss. so darcy DeMoss was actually cast in friday the 13th part five in the part that debbie sue Voorhees mm-hmm. ends up playing Um, And her boyfriend at the time also ends up in the film, um, but Darcy DeMoss did not because during her audition, I don't know if you remember when we talked about the director of Five, but he had largely directed pornos before Mm -hmm. that point. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. So during the the audition, he asked her to lift up her top and show him her breasts. And she says, no, that's unprofessional. My agents didn't tell me there'd be nudity and you can call my agent and bye so she leaves good for her yeah as she comes back for a wardrobe fitting because they do cast her anyway he propositions her and tries to ask her out oh my god and so she was like uh no and got fired but did get paid so she gets paid for some of the time that she spent on that movie but she doesn't end up in the movie and the casting directors felt so bad that they brought her back to audition for Jason Uh Lives and told her she was not going to be required to do any nudity. But then on the day that they filmed the sex scene, the producers were like, hey, but could you go topless? And she basically told them to go fuck themselves, but got to stay in the movie. So this is the only Friday the 13th movie with no nudity in it because she said no, but kept her job. Good for her. I think she said something along the lines of she might have done it, but like she would have had that would have been yeah. in the contract. She needed to be paid more because that was yes. definitely a thing at the time. You yeah. got you got paid it's still more. A thing. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. still a thing. Well, and she had actually done nudity before in the movie Hard Bodies, but it was because it wasn't in her contract that she said yeah. no. And you do get paid more. And so but if you don't negotiate that ahead of time, you don't get paid more. Because weirdly, I mostly know her for the line in Can't Buy Me Love. There's only one other titty almost as pretty. <laughs> that's a terrible movie by the way it is and we need to do it for a romance in the pod because it is amazing talk about a movie much like sleepaway camp a problematic film oh Oh, yeah 
Oh, my God. Yes. So let's talk about the sheriff and Megan. They are only 16 years apart. Okay, that's technically possible. (laughs) It's technically possible. uh, But he was her acting coach. Oh, wow. (laughs) Now, let's talk about Jason's changing size. Now, here's what's funny, because I found this in an article and they have a picture of the Jason butt shot, which I found very funny that they also noticed it, it too. Um, But the first day of shooting, which is all of the paintball stuff, uh, stunt coordinator Dan Bradley played Jason, but the executives, and these are the same people that wanted to bring Jason back from the dead. It's like the same guy every time, said that Jason was too fat. And so they recast the part with C.J. Graham. so mean. Yeah, who (laughs) had no stunt experience, but had been in the military. And so he's got like a soldier type body and basically just executed the stunts well. And so they were reshot. Like some of those scenes were reshot. But Dan Bradley still makes it into the movie for a couple shots. Other than that, it's all C.J. Graham, who I think goes on to play Jason the next one, too. No, it's no Kane Hodder. Uh, the next is one is it it's the okay. beginning of Kane Hodder's like four movies. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so alternate endings, a.k.a. alternate storylines. The shooting script included a scene back at the police station where Deputy Rick was still in the jail cell. And as the door opens, he calls for Megan to let him out. But it's not Megan. And so... Everyone kind of thinks it's Jason. This is what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in the script, because we've already seen Jason be defeated, this is the first ever time where we see Jason's father. Really? Yeah. So there's some sort of conversation they have, but it mentioned him being cremated from part five, which does happen at the end of part five, and they just fully ignore for this movie. (laughs) But in this scene, his father says that he paid for his son to be buried. And so they didn't want to mess with it, I guess, where it was like it added an, a layer of complexity to the story that didn't really add sure. much. Uh, so they kind of got rid of it. Years after this movie came out, Kevin Williamson told director Tom McLaughlin that this film was a huge influence on him growing up. It's his favorite Friday the 13th movie, and it helped him write Scream. That's cool. That's cool. But those are your fun facts. Well, thank you so much for those fun facts, Paige. Let's do a little box office. So this movie came out in 1986. What do you think the budget for Friday the 13th Part 6 was? I think it was probably just like a couple million. I, I don't yeah. I don't think they spent that much because the last one wasn't a hit. Right. Or it wasn't as big of a hit. Sure. And I don't think this one ended up being that big of a hit either. But I'm going to say 10 million. Okay. I'm going to say four. You and Jonathan are on either side of it. So it's $3 million. Ah. All right. Yeah. So it came out in theaters, and you would think you would have guessed this because they really drive home the point that it's Friday the 13th in the movie, right? So it came out on August 1st, 1986, (laughs) and it was number two in the theaters the weekend it came out. Now, number one was Aliens. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. And Aliens had been out for a little bit, right? Three weeks. Like, I don't... It was its third week, yeah. And then, of course, number two was Friday the 13th Part 6. Number three was the first Marvel movie ever to grace the theaters. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Number four was Karate Kid Part 2. And number five was Heartburn. Oh, the best Karate Kid. It's the one where they go to Okinawa. Hell yeah. So yes. what is? what do you think... Friday the 13th part six made the weekend it came out again, August 1st, 1986. The weekend it came out or total? The weekend it came out. 
So it was number two? Yeah. Number two's pretty good. So it probably made like eight or nine million. That would be my guess. Yeah. I'm going to reuse my guess from the first one and say 10 million. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm gonna say 12. All right. You guys are all a little bit high. It's oh. 6.7 million. Aliens Still brought in good. 7 million. So it's, yeah, it did really good against Aliens. I mean. Box office now is so different than it was. But it's so, it's just so weird to think back. To, well, it's inflation, man. Like, yeah. yeah so in 1986, that $6.75 million that Friday the 13th Part 6 brought in is $16.7 million today. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a, it was a big hit. I mean, it made way over its budget back in its first week. That's great. So what do you think it made total domestic box office for its total run in the theaters? I'd say around 20. Yeah, I'm going to go 18. Do you have a guess, Mikey? 21. All right. It actually ended up making $19.4 million. Oh, wow. Which, if you adjust for inflation today, is $48.2 million. So it did all right. I mean, it made its money back. Yeah. They clearly made a few more after this, so it kept the franchise alive. But that's what it made in the box office. That's probably pretty accurate. That's probably about what it would make today. It'd probably make about $48 million or something if it, yeah. you know, whatever the 2021 version of this is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. But. but yeah, so that's your box office. So Mikey, let's hit him with that scary scale. Uh, scary scale listeners is a scale one to ten of how scary we found the film today. It's not a scale of quality. It's a scale of scary. Uh, our one example is Ghostbusters and our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Jonathan, how scary did you find this film? God, I don't even think this is as scary as Ghostbusters. Can we go under that? Can we do like negative? <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you can't go negative. You can't go negative. No, it's a one. I mean, it, it's not. The, yeah. I, I, there were scenes I think that are kind of chilling. That scene we mentioned where he's walking along with Paula from the window yeah mm -hmm. the scene that got me as a kid was when he walked into the water because he just walks straight into the water yeah and he just keeps getting lower uh so there's stuff like that that's kind of chilling but nothing nothing is scary like i'm never yeah. just like on the edge no. of my seat like oh my god page uh one for me yeah it's a one for me too it's also a one for me. Yeah. But so thank you for listening to The Scary Scale. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jonathan, thank you so much for guesting on our yeah. uh, little series on Friday the 13th. We can't wait to have you back on the show, but not again until May 13th of 2022 <laughs> hey, that's my uh that's my so. birthday month that'll be fun but in all seriousness no i mean all jokes aside I, I i always enjoy doing this so thank you guys for having me absolutely we love having you on yeah i love talking about horror movies i don't i don't really get to do that too much in my other my other job my other podcast so it's fun <laughs> in fact we should talk about that do you want to do your plugs so people oh, can yeah, know where yeah. to find more yeah, from sure. you um, yeah, so I work for Cinema Sense. If nobody, yeah. uh, I think I think Todd mentioned that at the beginning, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so we have four YouTube channels now. We got Cinema Sense, TV Sense, Music Video Sense, and uh, Commercial Sense, uh, which are all a lot of fun. We release uh, at least one video from all those every week. Uh, Cinema Sense and TV Sense, we release two. So yeah, it seems like get, pretty much every day you guys have new content. Yeah, out. you get yeah. Uh, seven. Did I say that right? Four, six, six yeah. new videos from us every week, and uh, we haven't we haven't missed one in a while. So it's it's uh we're 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 pretty consistent. The main podcast I'm not on, but it's called the Sincast. You should check that out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we've guessed it on it a few times or once. Yeah, yeah. You, you you absolutely have it. You've had you've had Chris on. You've had Barrett on. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I also do a podcast with uh, Aaron Dicer and Danae Hughes called Behind the Sins, where we talk about uh, the channels every week, and it's a lot of fun, man. And we talk a lot about like our kids and other things too. So it's just you know it's a good time. Come join us, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much. I'm on Twitter at Sam Loomis thirteen. Sam Loomis thirteen. Yeah, I uh, I'm on Letterboxd. Uh, I think you just look up my name, or you can go to my Twitter uh, handle and uh, click on the link 
that's about it. That's all I really do. Social media. Technically, I'm on Instagram, but I don't really do anything on there. I just I just stalk Todd. That's about it. That's all ah. I do. If you're stalking me, all you're getting is like pictures of my pets. Yes, but I like the pet pictures. So you know. Yeah, show me your hamsters. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking <laughs> looking forward to you showing your hamsters more often. It'll be the it'll be like these are my hamsters. It'll be the Friday the Thirteenth Part Six hamsters. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> you are full of shit. <laughs> Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Have a great weekend. That works. Bye. Michael Myers nerds. Uh, (laughs) Oh, boy.